Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So. <laughs> Notice anything different about me, Brett? Yes, there he is. Look at that. Wow. Our guy Lofa is rocking some pretty awesome facial hair right now. Uh, is that for Movember? It is. It is for, uh, you know, men's health and, yes. uh, and cancer. And, you know, so yes, I, I figured I'd throw it out there. Uh, I don't know how long I'll stay with this. It's a very awkward feeling. I love it, dude. Uh, this that, that muzzy is on fire. I mean, it's, uh, it's known as the crossbar, which... <laughs> okay. I think is appropriate for football. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. yeah th- th- it looks like an upside down goalpost. Yeah. Your nose would be what's sticking in the ground. And then do a head handstand yeah, head right stand. now. <laughs> go to our Instagram, everybody. Check out Lofa's Movember stash that he's rocking. I went with just a full goatee myself, which is, uh, you know, it's strong, unique. strong to quite strong. And, you know, raising awareness for men's health and men's cancers and all the charity that goes along with that. Movember dot org i believe is the website or movember.com if you guys want to check it out and get into it um did you google image different facial hair to come up with that one you know i didn't really have a choice i, th- I think a, a mustache is just i have I've, my dad rocked a mustache and i don't know i guess maybe he pulled it off but i don't think i can do it oh yeah you know well, not with that attitude right so yeah not with that attitude. i went with a little extra flair Nice. I, love I really it. wanted the whiskers, but I didn't, I wasn't prepared, you know? Yeah. You need more lead time. I mean, if you keep that thing going all through November, maybe. I mean, if we win this week, do we do, do we play playoff beards already? Absolutely, man. This is a huge game against the Packers. Just roll it right into a playoff beard. I think if they win this game, we keep this thing going. <laughs> we'll see. Speaking of getting this thing going, uh, this is a big episode. We got special guest Ben Obamanu joining us. We got to talk about the Packers and all that. Russ coming back, OBJ. You want to get into it? Oh, let's roll. All right, let's do it. Let's hit the theme song. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up. Hawks on three. One, two, three, go. Lofa Tatupu is up in the mix. Go Hawks. I'm just about that action, boss. Takes the snap. He's going to throw down the middle. What a catch. It's intercepted by Lofa Tatupu. Sports Network with perfect timing. Absolutely perfect timing. You guys out there don't really know what I'm talking about, but all of us behind the scenes oh, know what I'm talking about. This oh, is about. perfect timing on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, our guy, Ben Obamanu, number 87 in your programs uh, from back in the day, wide receiver extraordinaire with the Seahawks. Auburn Tiger is joining us on this episode, and we couldn't be happier about it. And the timing on this was perfect. We were just going to do our kind of cold open and then and then still wait for him to jump back on, but... He jumped back on in the meantime, and this was perfect. What's up, Ben? Hold on. Hey, West Coast offense, on time, at the right spot where you need to be. So, <laughs> receiver. Well played. Yeah, well that's right, man. That's <laughs> right, man. Uh, well, anyway, guys, this is the Seahawks podcast. Thank you for listening. If you guys have thoughts, questions, comments, you can email those to seahawkspod at gmail.com. That's seahawkspod at gmail.com. I'm Seahawks superfan Brett Davern. He's Seahawks legend Lofa Tatupu. He's Seahawks legend Ben Obamanu. And uh, on this episode, guys, there's a lot to unpack in this bye week. Um, I mean, Russ is coming back. We got OBJ rumors out there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, everything that's going on with him. So a lot to talk about here. Um, 
And I'm also on the wrong screen for my rundown. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I knew that would happen because I put it in a different place. And now I'm going to vamp. And we don't have to cut any of this out. It's fine. I'm going to do all yeah. this in real time. Just leave it. This is Let it ride. Fault. Where is the text message from producer Katie? I can't find it. Oh, man. This is bad. Oh, here it is. Here, I got it. There we go. Everybody, order is restored. Lofa's upset. But I'm just going to keep rolling. I'm just going to keep rolling. It's fine. It's probably a good time to talk about our sponsors. <laughs> BetOnline.ag. Yes. Maybe yes. you've heard of them. Yes. That's usually where we go from here. I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. BetOnline.ag, everybody. We're back and better than ever. Uh, the new web interface and the start of basketball season means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. Believe 50, B-L-E-A-V 50. That's right. From basketball to football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games, and everything else, betonline.ag is the place to go. They're a great sponsor. They support us. We hope that you support them. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, guys. Um, so, like I said, big week this week. Uh, Russ has been cleared for takeoff. QB3 is back. Ben, your thoughts? It's exciting, man. I think uh, Russ is coming back a little bit, you know, sooner than what most of us would have anticipated. But those of us that know Russ, it was it's not a surprise to any of us, man. I'm pretty sure you've seen the videos, him working out, him training, uh, you know, even the last couple of games on pregame warm-up, he's been out there, you know, mentally getting those mental reps. People, you know, have been had different comments about him going on the field and doing a full, you know, no huddle drill before the game. Oh, who? I, I didn't hear anybody making fun of him for that. There's I don't a lot know. of haters out there on the, on the East Coast, you know, that side of the town. Coast, There's wow. a couple of haters on the West Coast, too, if you know what I mean. Oh, man. But listen, that's Russell, though. So, Russell, I think uh, him coming back, he's mentally prepared. Uh, the big question just physically, you know, uh, I've had a hand injury before, and I know how I had to adapt and kind of still go into that, that first week back from a hand injury, trying to figure out how do I get tackled? How do I, you know, uh, ball up my fist when I get ready to uh, have contact with him? I think throwing the ball will be fine. I think gripping the ball will be fine. But the real test would be, you know, when he hits the ground, how does he, you know, hold himself up, prop himself up, and how does he feel around the pocket getting the ball up? But I think it's still great news to have Russ back, just his leadership ability on the sideline and now on the field. It's probably the biggest thing Seahawks needs going into, you know, this big game this week. Lofa, uh, what got you more excited? Russell saying he's coming back or the picture that he Instagrammed of himself coming back showing off the guns? I mean, the guy, he's in top shape. You know, even yeah, five yeah. weeks off doesn't doesn't hold him back. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you saw yeah. the workouts over and over. But that's what we expect from Russ. And, uh, you know, everything Oboe said, but then I, I just want to, you know, echo the sentiment that the leadership aspect and, mm. you know, just – the the energy and the juice he provides to the team and the belief because that's the difference in winning and losing my friend the belief that you're going to win and he he has in spades man he's been the guy fastest to 100 you know wins in nfl history so it's just having that 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 calming factor back that he always provides you know whenever the game's on the line mm -hmm. he's like oh just give me the ball and i'll go i'll go end it for us well, and the opposing team probably has the game plan a little bit differently, right, guys? Uh, much respect to Gino, admirable job in there. I, we all like the way that he played, but it gets a little different probably when the other team is preparing for Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, yeah. Go, go ahead, Obo. No, I think so. I think the thing about it is uh, with Russ, uh, he's always had that improv skill, right? And so and it's not just, and people think of it as improv during the play, but he sees coverage as well. He knows that offense, he takes command of, you know, sending Lockett and, and DK Metcalf where he needs them to be. And I think that's what you missed most of all. You talked about, you know, ending the game and having that belief, Lofa. You talked about that. Um, like the last couple of games, uh, you know, going down to that, that game-winning drive and having an opportunity for a game-winning drive. And the Seahawks weren't successful, you know, a couple games this season. But a guy like uh, Russell in the game, that belief factor, believing, okay, we do get the ball back. We had the ball last. We're going to score. We're going to win the game. Mm -hmm. And I think from an offensive standpoint as well, uh, just knowing that when he audibles and he checks the plays and when he gets to the right uh, uh, coverage and, and right blocking schemes, there are going to be plays wide open because because of that very reason. They haven't 
game plan uh, uh, for Russell this week. They're you know trying to figure out how successful he's going to be. He's going to have the same velocity in the ball, but it's kind of yeah. tough to plan for a guy. You don't know if he's 100%. You don't know if he's going to run the ball. More. You have no clue. And I think yeah. that may give the Seahawks the best advantage going in because Russell, um, you know, hasn't played since those last couple, you know, weeks of game film has all been Geno. Now you got to go back a couple weeks before that and figure out, you know, what's the game plan for for us. Well, Lofa, yeah, what's going on in the defensive meeting rooms for the Packers? I mean, how is it different from well, I mean, this, you know, the Packers are very familiar with us. It seems like we play them every year, right? And uh, it always seems like we're playing them over there. I don't like that. But um, it's, um, you know, I don't think too much changes, but I think what we have in our favor is that Waldron has changed a bit, and he's provided and stuck by the run a little more, which has – it's helped the whole team out, to tell you the truth. You know, from a defensive standpoint, it's kept them off the field, allowed them to be fresh. Like I told you in the first few games, we were playing 70, 80 snaps. It, I, you know, I don't care who you are and how good you are. If you're playing 80 snaps, you're going to tire down. And so um, we've been fresh, and we've had, to Ben's point, we've been in all three of the games that we, you know, have not had Russ. And then, you know, two of them came down to the last possession. you got to believe that, you know, I love Gino. He's done a hell of a job. And, uh you know, I, I think, you know, Gino is a starting caliber quarterback in this league. When you look around the league, I, I think he's he's proven that in the last few games that he deserves the opportunity to start again somewhere. Um, but, you know, I'd prefer to have him here as a backup. But, um, yeah, when, when Russ comes in, it's uh, the, especially the way he just works the game, you know, whether making a check or making a play with his legs or, you know, taking the shot down the field, uh, it's – he, he gives you a lot to be worried about, you know, and then I guess, you know, so does their guy that uh, should be playing too. Yeah. We'll get into him in a little bit. Uh, so you're telling me that possibly the moon ball might be back. See, now, I just wonder if, if like, if the velocity, you know, if the, if you can grip, I mean, but you've seen the size of his mitts, you know, oh, yeah. he's still got three other fingers and a thumb to, to throw it with, but that, you know, that middle finger is pretty uh, pivotal in throwing the ball. Um, so Oh, I'm excited to see it, guys. It's it's back and it's fresh. It's been waiting. It's ready to go. Hey, speaking of fresh, check out this hat I'm rocking today, guys. I wanted to point this out because our friends at Simply Seattle, they hooked us up with this hat so that we could give it away or raffle it off, and we will. Um, but, dude, Kraken Colors, Seahawk logo. See the red on top here? I, I mean, pretty sweet, right, guys? It's dope. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. Shout out. Simply Shout out to – I got I – got, well, who do I got on right now? I got uh, Walt Jones. Best oh, to ever do it. I, all Shout right. out to the best to ever do it. Yeah, let me throw that forward for my guy. Hey, uh, speaking of one of the best to ever do it, OBJ. I mean, what's going to happen with this? Is is this is this going to happen? And do you want it to happen? Oh, well, you take that one first. Oh, OBJ. You always want hey, a playmaker, receiver. Listen, Seahawks are known and notorious for getting guys to come in. You go back to especially Peach days. He had Mike brought in Mike Williams. He brought in. Uh, you know, Sidney Rice, he brought in Percy Harvin. Like, this is nothing, you know, T.O., he brought in T.O. at one point. Yeah. Right. So this is nothing new for, for Pete Carroll to bring in guys that may have a little controversy, a little edge to them, uh, but they still can get the most out of them. I, I think OBJ still has plenty left in the tank, too. Um, you think about the last couple of years over here with Cleveland, he has some injuries, but his ability to catch a slant, his ability to, you know, do the underneath stuff, oh, yeah. uh, it can really open up a lot for a DK and, and lock it and really give Russ just another option, especially now with his finger. If he has to throw the ball short and get quick passes out, he can, you know, a guy like OBJ is still a game changer, man. So I think this is the kind of, you know, we've always said it before, Seattle, the Seattle locker room, Pete Carroll, he's the kind of coach that can handle guys like an OBJ, guys that come with a lot of flair, a lot of, you know, uh, notoriety. Um, you know, he also wants the ball a lot too, but I think in this in this stage of the Seahawks season, why not give it a shot and see, see what can happen? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. And and you would know being a receiver for sure. But I, I with these superstars that have come in, it's it burns fast, it burns bright, but it burns quick, and then it burns out spectacularly, usually. Uh Lofa, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, with the exception of Sid, Sid just got hurt, right? I mean, right. No, yeah, but, but I, I mean if it, Percy Harvin. Yeah, well, that's where I was gonna go with the next one was you know, Percy, the big contract, phenomenal talent. You know, I'm talking like generational talent. Sure. And and it only lasted what a year, year and a half. I think you know, by that second season it was pretty much over. I, I won the yeah. Super Bowl, so I mean can't complain. Hey, no, yeah. Got, yeah. The, got the chip, but I mean Yeah, we're... sign me up if if that means we're going back to the Super Bowl, sign me up. But um, you know, I just wonder if you know 
is it maybe now that this is Russ's team, it's more mature because he was a rookie, right? Or, or even like second year when when um, when Purse was brought in. So is he more mature and is, is he able to you know handle? And I think that's kind of what's been the disconnect over there in, in Cleveland. And um, you know, the first game that he was not in the roster or in the lineup, Baker. I don't want to say goes off. He has a good game. They put up 41 points. That defense, you know, really got after, you know, the Bengals. But it's just like when he missed the last half of last season, that offense started to take off with Landry and, and the rest of the guys. So I wonder. But, yeah, when it comes to just sheer talent, OB, OBJ is still up there. And what so about, like anybody saying that is they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not, Hey, I'm not saying no, but there's a lot of reports out there. They're like, uh, Oh, he's, he's not, you know, he hasn't had a great season in you know, yeah. four years. Yeah. Statistically. But I mean, yeah, he's still, he's still, he's always open. I mean, and that's yeah. probably got to I mean, be the infuriating thing. Open. Even well, when he's not open, he's open, throw him the ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'll make the yeah. play. But I mean, well, there was a whole montage. Did you see the whole montage of clips? That was, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm saying, I, I mean, it was like 10 minutes of clips of wide open. Yeah. Um. Here's the question, though. Financials. What hmm. about the financials of it all, though? Because if you put in the waiver claim, I mean, what is it, seven, seven point two five, I think, or something like that? Yeah, it's almost like contract? eight, I think, I mean, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, San Francisco, uh, they said that they, they're not into it for the financials, so they were. They already said they're, they're like, we're not putting in a claim. I mean, what about that? Or do you just take a run at it because you want to make a run at the playoffs? Is this Seahawk team even worth that kind of investment right now, guys? With where we're at with Russ's finger and the unknown of it, no, I don't think so. I, okay. I think that's something that you have to take consideration is we don't know if Russ is going to even make it through the rest of the season. You know, I'm just being honest. He's coming back really early from an injury that, you know, should have been six to eight weeks for a normal person. Russ is Superman. So, I mean, you know, he's back in five, but um, we, you don't know. I mean, he, Russ is a guy that's getting 30 a year, right? In the best interest of our, our franchise is like, Hey, if he's not ready to go, we're going to have to sit him back down and, yeah. you know, save him from himself, so to speak. So well, then why spend all that money? On I don't him? know if you go and spend out. Yeah. On, on yeah. another receiver. <laughs> Also, his contract is up after the season, right? And and the Seahawks with with off season negotiations and superstar mm -hmm. players and stuff, like I just I don't know if I want to go through all of that. And if yeah, we lose in the first round of the playoffs, but spend seven point two five to do it, I mean, not you know, Ben, what do you think about the financials here? Financials, man, we got like you said for this year, you can you can, you can kind of rent OBJ for the rest of the season. And I think True. Like we talked about before with the guys that uh, Snyder has brought in over the years. I can see them making a move for, you know, a spark uh, just to bring in some uh, another talent to bring another person just in, even in, like you said, Lofa, in the case that Russell, you know, has a, uh, another flair with that injury and is not as successful as he wants to be. Hey, you still got another player. You still put, you know, fans, uh, yeah. keep fans involved, keep the, you know, the fan base, the team kind of excited about another player, another uh, piece for, for Gino, if he has to come back in and get some playing time. So from that aspect, I think tickets. There would be yeah, some they'll tickets. tickets. They'll oh, sell yeah. jerseys. It would be exciting. Yeah, it would. Player. Yeah. And I think that's and that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, you know, long term, does he fit? You know, probably not. Do they, you know, do they sign him to a long, you know, do a sign and and extend his contract when he when he if he were to sign with the Seahawks? I don't think so. Uh, like we talked about Pete usually does like a one and done kind of deal, kind of, you know, yeah. figures it the first year uh with a player. And I think that's what would, would happen with, with uh OBJ. He'll get a chance to come in if they make that move, come in, give him a spark. Has some, you know, a little buzz around Seattle and around the Seahawks a little bit. And if he, you know, works out great. If not, you'll see some of the same things you saw with Percy where, you know, active and inactive. Uh, you know, is he playing? Yeah. Is he not playing? That, like Lopez said, takes a toll on your team. But if, you know, if, if the season's not looking that well, you know, three or four weeks from now, then it's just another, you know, it's a, it's, it's a it's not a lose-lose situation for the Seahawks. No, it's well, an expensive you know, it's rental at that and, point. It's paying for the upgrade to get the convertible while you're in town, yeah. and you had a little fun, and then it, it was, was fun. Over, well, and, and, and Russ has been a big, you know, uh, seven seven and a quarter million dollars. <laughs> Russ has been he's been a fan of OBJ, right? In terms of you know if he were right. to be available, just like like AB, I know Russ was champion for him, and you know my thoughts. I would have loved AB here. That been um, great. Yeah. Oh my god! So could you imagine? Uh, OBJ, DK, and, and Lockett. Well, and okay, but this is my next question, Ben. I mean, because take us inside the receiver room. Sorry, Lofa. I didn't no, know. yeah. Did you? I was just gonna say, how does it work? 
Um, not that Ben was, but receivers can you know be a little sensitive sometimes or a little. Did you say diva? What'd you say? Egos that are no. you know possibly. He said I, heard, I could have swore and I heard diva. I we have know. some. I didn't say that. We have some superstars right now with DK and Tyler. And uh, so Ben, take us inside that receiver room. I mean, what about chemistry? And what about you know who gets the touches? And do people get bent out of shape? How does this all work? Listen, you said it. I'll, I'll say it. We are divas. I'm a diva right now. <laughs> Listen, I tell my wife all the time, man, like I'm wide open. I tell my kids, I'm open. I'm open. I'm always open. I'm open. <laughs> In the kitchen. I'm open. open. Show me I'm that. Open right now. I'm home with myself, man. So listen. Show me the damn Cheerios. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, I think with the receivers, you're right. That is that is going to be a problem. Just to be honest with you, no, no matter how much we sugarcoated, I played in a, in a pack lock, uh, pack receiver room when I first got to the Seahawks, man. We had uh, Daryl Jackson. We had uh, Nate Broson. We had uh, Bobby Ingram. He signed Deion Branch. And here's me, the little, little guy, saying, all right, well, you know, doing the math, I may be able to get, you know, a, a screen or something in the fourth quarter of a blowout maybe. So I think you look at this team now and, and, and the way especially uh, DCAP. DCAP has emerged as a, you know, as a, you know, a, a strong, big, physical, dominant receiver who wants the ball and wants the ball early and often in the game. I think that's where you kind of get into the, the rift a little bit. Uh, will OBJ, and I think going back to this time in Cleveland, will OBJ be able to accept – you know, being the third guy in a, in a, in, a, in that receiving room, everybody's going to welcome him open arms when it's, you know when you first get there. But once you start looking at that play sheet going into the week, start getting closer to Saturday, they start scripting plays. Guys start looking around, start saying, "All right, let me do the math. Uh, I don't have as many targets as this guy. They're trying to feature somebody else over me." And that's when you get into the the you know the, the button heads a little bit, and it won't it won't come at the receivers. We don't we never kind of bust heads with each other. But it goes straight to Waldron. It'll go straight to the offense coordinator. There's a, a yeah. few knocks, a few hey. knocks on the OC's door. Like, hey, what's the game plan this week, Coach? Yeah. Is that so what I you're think, saying? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like you said, Russell is kind of on Waldron and Russell. To be honest with you, if they can handle an, another personality coming in, demanding the football, finding a way to, to give him the ball, uh, you know, that that would be the biggest issue. Is is how can Russell and Waldron handle another personality, another diva on the sideline who who's going to demand the football and take some catches away from somebody else? Well, Lofa, though, for DK and Tyler, maybe it's a good thing because he would draw some attention away from them. And yeah, defensively, I, they might scheme a little different against DK and Tyler, and that might lead to some more reception. I mean, these are three guys that are all used to being features, right? Like they like 10 plus targets and to go down and like maybe get like six, five, six. It's tough. Um, I really love the way we used, you know, locking the DK the last game. Uh, it's not that Lockett doesn't care about touchdowns, but. He needs volume. Get him going. And, like, what what DK needs is the shot at the end zone because he's a big body. He's going to go up. He's going to moss people just like he did last week or two weeks ago. And so that's the thing is how they're, how they're used in the game plan, I think, is equally important. And if you bring a guy – now, I'm, I've, I love Freddie Swain. He's really – you know, it's a guy, Oboe, I mean, maybe you could speak to what you've seen with him. But he's impressed and he's been one of these – gems like yourself and you know a baldwin a curse a guy that either drafted late rounds or came in um, undrafted and you know just continually make plays in all phases of the game and so um what would what would obj he comes in is, is swain like because that he does a lot on teams for us too you yeah. know whether it's in the return game or making tackles like you did so well and d eskridge too right top draft pick he's coming back this week too so i mean that are we really sure he's coming back where's that guy been I know, right? He's only played in one game, I think. But yeah, uh, Oba, what about like Freddie Swain and those guys? They're kind of more utility type guys. What's this mean for them? Yeah, I think that's when that's those are the guys that get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, you know, like, like Lofa said, you you just game plan and still get Lockett and and DK and and, and potentially OBJ the ball. When you get down to Freddie Swain and others, uh, that's when you have to build more rile a little bit because we guys like us who are you know special team guys who know that we're going to get you know maybe three or four targets a game we're going to make those three or four targets the best targets we can get yeah, we know yeah, we're going to get right. up and run hard you know we go down and we make a play on special teams typically you know the coaches kind of see it and they say hey he's having a decent game on special teams let's give him the ball on offense now sure and when you yeah. take it away you kind of take away that personality and that hunger and that fight from a guy who's contributing on special teams who's making tackles who's returning punts and kicks and so like Lopez said if you can try to still find a way to get those guys a ball and get them involved uh, some kind of ways, it's, it's not enough football to go around. I think that's always a problem for the receiver, receiver room. We want you to throw the ball 40 times a game. I don't think that's yeah. like like we mentioned earlier, running the ball you know, helps the defense get off the field. Uh, yeah. 
helps uh, the team kind of set up some of those play action shots down the field. I just, I just don't know for the rest of the guys. At some point, it won't be, you know, DK and Lockett who uh, take the brunt of a, a, a different – another receiver in the room. It'll be the, uh, those other guys who were just as, you know, uh, involved in the play in the play schemes each week, uh, them taking a smaller role, and then how to keep them motivated to still be contributors on special teams. That's always a, a tough needle to thread. Well, let's look at the other team, the team that we'll be playing a little bit. So Seahawks at Packers this week. I mean, Seahawks and Packers, like Lofa said, it feels like we play all the time. Crazy <laughs> stuff happens when we play. There's the NFC Championship game, the big comeback, of course. There's Hail the Hail Mary. I mean, you guys, if, if the Seahawks, and we all know what happened later in the Super Bowl, but if, if they go ahead and close out that deal, they're on the goal line with the Patriots, that might also be one of the greatest NFC Championship games ever. You oh, know? It's still one of the greatest. No, it is, but I'm just okay, saying. I mean, yeah. it would when you look back the, on it, the, the most little, meaningful one, I guess, is what you would. Yeah. But yeah like, totally. It was still incredible. But uh, just classics, you know, with these two teams down the stretch. And uh, this week is no different. It's been a crazy week for both teams. Um, there's all of the insanity with Karen Rogers going on or. Oh, sorry. A- Aaron Rogers. Do I, what did I <laughs> just piling it on? Who put a K in the prompter? He reads, he, re- he reads it uh, all. That must have been Katie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just, I mean, a lot of craziness going on this week. You got, just what are your general thoughts on this one? I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's Packers-Seattle, right? It's classic. It's classic with a lot of drama around the whole thing. Like you said, we already talked about the Russell coming back, right? And so now with Aaron uh, to figure out, I think even still, people have always said, you know, what does the NFL do with the superstars when they, you know, get in trouble or have some kind of issue? And mm-hmm. people have wondered, all right, you see, I think they, they said before that, he won't be cleared until you know early as Saturday. Saturday. So now you got yeah. Aaron Rodgers without with you know without uh, two full weeks of practice uh, coming yeah. back. He's still good enough. He can do it, but without yeah. two full weeks of practice, a game plan that they're probably you know having Jordan Love do a game plan that's really for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, the media, uh, you know, question that he'll that, that he'll have to take before the game, after the game. So mm-hmm. there'll be all this swirling you know things around. I wouldn't be surprised if they could have. They probably would have made it a flex game to, to get it on prime time for all. Right. Of sure. Yeah, um, I can't believe they haven't. I mean, probably not late. They probably will. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I think too late. it's not late enough in the season. I think. Yeah, flexing. I think week twelve is when they start flexing, right? Start flexing, but I think so. I think like you said with with Aaron coming back, uh, the Packers have their own kind of own situation too. All the, the, you know, we always talk about the outside noise in the locker room. You know, Aaron's brought a lot of outside noise that's not not needed. The players got to talk about it, uh, you know, before practice. Yeah. practice. Uh, the receivers got to talk about, you know, who's vaccinated, who's not, and, and what are the new protocols? Has something changed? Everything besides football. They yeah, have to talk hopefully. about going into the week. The coach has to figure out, you know, yeah, I'm practicing Jordan Love, but uh, in my back pocket, I think Aaron Aaron's going to play. The league has to figure out, you know, are, are they going to let him play on Saturdays? Will it be clear enough to play? Yeah. So I think, you know, that could work to the Seahawks' advantage with all the, you know, distraction that we have had with Russell coming back. I think uh, Green Bay is just as uh, – with this rival, you add another flair, another wrinkle into it of, you know, the quarterbacks, the the superstar Hall of Fame quarterbacks both returning for for another big primetime game. Yeah, and what do you guys make of like this uh, from like a teammate perspective? I mean, you know, politics aside, opinion aside, vaccinations, COVID, this, that, whatever. No, not really like opinion based is, is what I want to ask. Cause like, I mean, whatever. That's we could be sitting here talking about that forever. But just in terms of a distraction, just in terms of a guy in the locker room who's just creating all of this stuff, like Ben said, Lofa, like, I mean, it, it has to kind of trickle down to the rest of the guys, doesn't it? I mean, and the fact. You, and what yeah. would you think if, if one of your captains or especially your quarterback is kind of the one creating it? Well, you know, it's it's tough to sit here and say, it, you know, now that I'm not playing anymore. Right. Well, what I would have because you, know, you take it back you know, to when I was playing. Yeah, I would have done whatever I could to, you know, I don't know. It's It's personal opinion now these days. Right. And it's really because I have a totally different opinion of what I would have done then when playing and now that I have kids. So, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not here to judge anybody of what they no. want to do. No, but, but as, a, it, as a teammate, if you're as, a, yeah, well, a guy, you know, as a teammate, yeah. Then like, like Ben said, you're going to have to talk about it. the reporters. They want stuff to talk about. Yeah. They really don't give a shit about the X's and O's. They want to talk about, you know, Hey, well, what do you think about this? How do you feel? Like, I'm not here to talk about feelings. I'm here to talk about fucking football. All right. That's how I've always been. And Elbow knows that. And so, but unfortunately, yeah, the distraction is what it is now. But 
on top of the points, and then I'll let Obo answer that question for you. But um, just I wanted to go off of what Obo was saying to those things that were to our benefit in terms of, you know, Aaron, not two weeks of not practicing. The only thing I could think of is, man, he's had two weeks to just dissect our film. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy knows how to make the throws. He's he's one of the best. And uh, so I, I feel like it's like a double edged sword there. Like, yes, it does benefit, but only if he doesn't play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, no, I hear you. Because I just go back to thinking the one, the last time we did see him play, he beat Arizona with his top three receivers out. Adams, Lazard, I mean, like almost everybody was out, and he still beat Arizona when they were undefeated. So I guess, I, I mean, my question is, and again, like opinions <laughs> aside, you know, it's just when you kind of, the leader of the team, the quarterback, I mean, he's not vaccinated, you know, it's like it, it takes him away from the team. It takes them away from, maybe their goals where they're going this season. I mean, it could lead to more and more losses. And I just think when you just look at the guy and be like, Hey man, come on, like let's all row together here and get to the same place. I mean, Ben, like, what, what do you think like about this kind of thing? How would you handle this as a teammate? No, I would. I think with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, be honest with you, man, I feel the same way with guys like Lofa. You, you only say so, so much before you, you know, start realizing like, Hey, they are the man. They are the captain. They have that seat. We voted them with that seat in that chest for a reason. And so in that regard, um, I honestly, you know, in answering questions, I, I would do like, look, I'll try to keep everything X's and O's. It's a, you know, plain mundane answer. The reporter's not going to keep pressing you for something until they get the sound bite or the headline they want. But I think, honestly, though, with, with, with Aaron, you trust him. I think you'll, you'll, you'll find out as, you, as the week goes on, the players trust him. They love him. They think that he, you know, whatever decision he chose is the right decision for him. They think it's the right decision for their team. They can handle it. They can, they can move yeah. on. And like you said, like Lofa talked about, too, in terms of practice, you know, they're looking at it, too. Uh, when you have quarterbacks like Russell, quarterbacks like Aaron, they, they're pretty much an extension of the offense coordinator. They are the offense coordinator, so to speak. So when you get to that moment of Aaron still being around, Aaron still being a part of, of the game plan, still having his touches on whatever we're going to do from, you know, the last couple of years having played uh, Seattle, the players look at it as in, hey, I'm pretty sure Aaron's going to be ready to play on Sunday when it's kickoff time. So I can care less about the media, the noise, the outside noise. It's just tough when those guys have to deal with it. I think Aaron's going to be fine. He can deal with it. He, he, he'll have his press conference and be fine. But those other guys, um, I think the coaching staff, usually as a, as a player, we try to come around and figure, all right, here's what is our, you know, our one line? What's our, our answer? What's our kind of guiding post uh, to how to answer these questions? The media yeah. uh, personnel from the, from the facility would, was, have probably already set every teammate down and had – you know, here's your form answer. Here's how you yeah. direct the question. Oh, yeah, got sent the Lean script. on PR, baby. Lean on yeah, PR. PR. Yeah, so, we'll tell you what to say. Yeah, they'll tell you what to say. So I think from that, that standpoint, but, it's, it's more the, the outside noise. And you may get one or two detra detractors that come in and actually give a sound bite. And then yeah. they'll make more issues for themselves than they would for Aaron Rodgers, to be honest. Yeah, that's that. true. That's true. Uh, I mean, like, oh, okay, we're only talking about it because it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Other people have missed plenty of games from COVID. Yep. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's talking about it. Well, because it's not really the quarterback and wearing the C on his chest, and you know, there's like, been fucking head coaches missing games, bro. Like, I see this. I just, I'm just like tired of talking about COVID. Like, well, it's so but, crazy. But a like, lot of those people who have missed games have already taken the precautions necessary to try to not miss those games. And, and he, what did it do? What did it do? That's well, all I'm saying. That's right. A, but like, but I, he, I, I deal in facts, bro. I just deal in facts. I, I am as well, and I'm just saying that. When you find out that he's not really taking the precautions that he could to help try to prevent it, then, I mean, you just – you never know what could have happened. I want to yeah. ask you guys about playing at Lambeau Field. What's it like playing at Lambeau Field? Because you always just hear about how amazing Lambeau Field is, and what's it like? Hey, yeah. I'll say something. It's a – for me, Lofa played there for the and had some good moments. Let me let me jump in, Lofa. Let the young guy speak, man. Yeah, I don't even know. Did I ever win at Lambeau? No, maybe once. Damn. No, I hated it. No, go ahead, Ben. I won like a preseason game in, in Lambeau Field before. <laughs> I tell you, oh, that. I'm gonna start on preseason. Yeah, preseason <laughs> game. But no, I, one of my fondest memories, man, for for me playing Lambeau, because you always hear about it. You always hear about the city and trying to figure out the stadium and where it is. And then all of a sudden, uh, I remember you know driving up to the stadium, you're, you know, through this residential neighborhood and figure, trying to figure out like where's the stadium? Where's this old you know Lambeau Field? Everybody talks about. Then all of a sudden, the stadium pops up. And I'm like, wow, this you can park in the, the backyard, somebody's driveway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it blows my mind. Turn left. 
there's a cul-de-sac, there's a stadium at the oh, end of it. And then it's just a wide open field in the stadium. It's like <laughs> nuts. It's, it's crazy. I, yeah. I, I like this though. I played, I don't know if you remember, Lofa, uh, we played a playoff game. Maybe it was 2007. Seven. Oh, seven, right? 2007, yeah. we played a playoff game there. And I remember for me personally, I had uh, a, a pretty good experience just because you always think about Lambeau Field. I remember when I was getting drafted, uh, Green Bay called and they asked, you know, for a receiver like me from the South, can you play in the cold? Can you catch, you know, just, you know, ice cold footballs? Can you play in the snow? And so we played that playoff game. I remember Lofa, it was uh, snowing, the snow started coming down. Uh, I think 14 nothing, and then 14 nothing. The snow uh, came down. What was that? Uh, uh, I think Deion Branch had a had a torn ACL. Nate Bros yeah. went down. So yeah. here I am in a playoff game. You know, running routes that were and running plays that were designed for our two superstars who are now you know benched on the sideline. So for me, just getting that experience of playing in the snow, catching passes in the playoff game, uh, even though it wasn't the out the you know outcome we wanted, yeah. I never got a win there. But it did make it this you know nostalgic moment of. I played in Green Bay in the snow in a playoff game, no sleeves. Uh, you oh, know yeah. that whole kind of monster from a receiver. Like, no, I'm going to be yeah. tough and play I there too. That. So that's the great part about <laughs> thinking about Lambeau Field, playing in, in late December, January in the snow. Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing better than that. Well, we Except know Lopa wasn't wearing sleeves, right? There's no way you had sleeves on. Absolutely that. not. No. Um, but um, yeah, it was. Yeah, fourteen nothing, and the snow came down. It was uh, it was a tough one to take. Yeah. You know, guys just slipping and falling all over the place. Uh, but it was what you imagine, right? And then just like Ben said, the drive in, um, the atmosphere—it's insane, especially for a playoff game. Well, Mike Holmgren Avenue too. Well, you go down Mike Holmgren Way or yeah Avenue, right? So that's the way to get there. And uh, and you know, and he's your head coach too, so it, it means a little more, you know, to him. And uh, so it was. Unfortunately, we didn't get the the win, um, but man, it was an incredible experience. And and just like you know, I mean, it had to be at least like a half a foot of snow or a foot of snow by the time the game was over. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Don't they have uh, a heating coils or something under the field? Or yeah, yeah. They don't really work well, that well. <laughs> nah, they were like clearing off the line markers so you could at least see you know where every five yards was. But um, and then you, you look across the field. You got Brett Favre, you, you know. You got um, Donald Driver, you know some of the, some of the all time greats, That's and so cool. uh, it was it was pretty insane. I hope you both have awesome pictures of your yourselves playing in that game because with the snow coming down, I mean, I know it was a loss, but you know. Yeah, I have one. You can have it. Pretty epic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get it out of my house. I'll That's keep it mine. Okay. <laughs> <Keep> it mine. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, look, a lot happened in the NFL over the bye week. Let's take a look around the division real quick uh, because the NFC West. I mean the 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 uh, the Cardinals just keep rolling on. Um, no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no problem for the yeah. Cardinals. They whooped on Colt the McCoy and and uh, yeah, Colt McCoy, man, and he beat us last year too with the uh, Giants, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was. um, he's a problem for us. And Arizona <laughs> just keeps winning, guys. Uh, who's going to stop Arizona this year? Hopefully themselves. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Colt, I mean, he came in at one point, he was 20 of 24. It almost looked identical to uh, Geno's game against the Jags. Uh, a couple touchdowns and just, you know, great movement with the offense. And they seemingly did whatever they want. So it's, uh, like I said, that was the only team that I was scared of coming into this year. That's the only team I'm still scared of. Because cool. even without Kyler, like they're just make, getting it done. Well, Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson played games. It was like, what year is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben, what about Arizona? I mean, they look great. Hey, winning is contagious, man. I think that's what's going on with them now. When for Tyler to go out, uh, Kyler to go out and then have Colt McCoy come in, the receivers are stepping up. Um, you know, it's, it's that mentality of, of winning, right? Uh, and the NFC West has always been about, you know, greatness, winning culture. The Rams had their run. Uh, Arizona had runs. I think I've always seen that where, you know, uh, San Francisco had a run and made it to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So now it's kind of a uh, every year is kind of that, you know, turning table of who's going to be the NFC West team to, to take that stance and make a run to the Super Bowl. But I think that's what you're seeing in Arizona is just uh, confidence kind of builds itself each week. And when guys start missing, other guys start stepping up. They have, you know, J.J. Watt, some other people in that locker room that were still have been have, have a lot of, you know, football game experience. And that's what you're seeing more than anything else. Um, that, you know, NFL teams is cyclical where you, you know, have that turnover and, and who's your leaders. You think it's the Seahawks team now and what guys are on the Seahawks team have played in those two Super Bowls. I think only uh, three or four 
two, maybe, I think. Yeah. Um, and so that's what you're getting back now is now the Seahawks have to kind of build at some point that Don't same momentum, yeah. that same kind of confidence of winning attitude. And so far, Arizona's kind of, you know, taking the lead and, and they've got some wins they're built on their belt. They've got some wins now with uh, without some of their star players. So mm-hmm. that's just going to feed into more and more of them having a winning attitude in the season. The only question is, you know, when it comes to playoff time, I don't know about you, Lofa. I just don't trust them in the playoffs. Like, they don't have the no. got to win the big game. I hear you. And then, you know, we can talk about another team I don't trust in the playoffs. That's the Rams. Yeah, and that's where I was going to next. Yeah, I know Titans, you were. The Titans' defense almost beat them by themselves. They pretty much did. They and did. The, the big free agent acquisition that everybody's like, oh, my God, he's in the MVP race. But what happened in the big game? Right, and this Uh-oh. was just a Sunday night game. This wasn't Uh-oh. even the playoffs. Lofa's coming after Stafford again. Watch out, duck! I'm everybody. just saying, bro. I'm just saying, and I mean, um, it's just wild to me that yeah, they didn't even have Derrick Henry. They had Adrian Peterson, who's been there for two days. Yeah, right? and that was at home. That was in L.A. At home. Watch out with the yellow pants. That's all I'm saying. Watch out. Yeah, and then they just got Von Miller, who didn't play, and uh, it's wild, but. Denver gets rid of Von Miller and their pass rush comes to life. What's that about? Like all, all time best pass rusher, right? Goes over and and that Denver goes out and just smashes Dallas. Uh, so it was it was a crazy week in uh, football in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then Bills, and, Bills, Jags, and in the NFC West. Yeah, I was going to say Bills, Jags. I mean, we just saw the Jags. Uh, Mike Holmgren, I think on KJR said that it was like some of the worst football he's ever seen in his life. That game against us with the Jags, uh, how the Jags played meaning. But um, I mean, then they go in and beat Buffalo. Like the, the league is crazy. Hey, it's another quarterback. I'm not too, too big on. Oh yeah. I'm just saying there's a trend here. A trend. <laughs> Lope is building his list of quarterbacks. He doesn't really <laughs> isn't too fond of um hey uh well we'll see what happens you know this weekend and everything around the nfc west and with the seahawks but right now let's zone in everybody we zone in because lofa's company is zone in cbd the best cbd in the business go to zoneincbd.com sign up for your subscription if you want you can buy also just get individual uh, bottles of capsules or the there's the tanctures or the uh, topicals uh whatever you got out there use our promo code believe Still the same, B-L-E-A-V. For 20% off of your purchases at zoneincbd.com. You can also pick it up in person at any Bartell drug stores. Uh, guys, I want to zone in on teammates because you guys were teammates. Lofa, take us inside that locker room uh, on the day, or, or when was the day that you noticed finally, you know, maybe the, the, the 6'1", 204-pounder from Auburn uh, that is Ben Obamanu. Do you remember I was well aware of Ben even before oh, okay. you know, the NFL because, uh, you know, Auburn was on top of the nation just as SC was. And yeah. uh, so when we were able to add, you know, him in the draft, and I think the, the the special thing about Ben was just like he said, the whole – the wide receiver, we had a lot of money in there, a lot a, of star power. And, you know, it's hard to make a roster um, – you know, at, at the receiver spot when there's, when they're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to ask you, we need more special teams. You know, you're, you're going to go in the the 30 or so plays you're going in, maybe, maybe 15, 20 of them are, you know, our runs, you know? And so making the most of your opportunities is, is something that Ben did. And I mean, I believe if he got the opportunity, he would have been an 80, 90 catch guy. And uh, because there was nothing that Ben couldn't do. Well, there wasn't a route. He couldn't run. There wasn't, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was hell going against him if he, you know, blocked you on a crack toss. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, well, Ben, do you remember the the day that you saw uh, number fifty one out there on the practice field, or was it in the locker room, or you remember that time? Oh, it was the locker room. I think as a, you know, like Lowell said, we played each other in college, and you know, we didn't fare so well. So it was already uh, a thing coming in of you know the big local to Tupu, the the, you know, <laughs> pro bowler as a rookie, uh, Super Bowl, uh, you know, a Super Bowl caliber team coming into was already tough. And so when I first came in the locker room, it wasn't just I walked in and I saw, you know, as a as a young kid out of college, I'm, I'm seeing uh, Sean Alexander, who's on the cover of Madden, that I was just playing. And that me and all my boys were playing Madden in college. And here's yeah. my teammate now. So you uh, came in, it was the year after the after, Pittsburgh yeah. Super Bowl? Okay. Yeah, it was my first year. Oh, so so coming in and seeing that and then, like I said, uh, you know, Hasselbeck and, and 
Um, going back to, you know, like I said, rookie year, we had Deion Branch, who was a former Super Bowl MVP. The sure. biggest thing was going back and looking across the, the line and across the locker room, really, seeing Lofa and all those guys that we had, Ken Hamble and a whole bunch of other guys we had on a team that were that were studs. And like I said, just a couple months earlier, I was watching all these guys play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's what made it starstruck for me. Is like, I'm coming to the locker room and I saw Lofa playing the Super Bowl. I saw, you know, uh, I remember uh, Hasselback and Sean Zan, all these guys playing the Super Bowl. Jones, uh, a true font, right? True font. And, yeah. it's, and it's crazy for me. I've always been this way and probably even more so. Look, I don't know if you don't even realize it. I've always hung out more with my defensive teammates than I have my offensive teammates for some reason. So for me, it was going straight to people like Lofa. <laughs> as, a, as a rookie, and man, it, it was amazing to me to have a teammate like Lofa who – uh, you're rookie and you see all these guys that are pro bowlers, guys that, you know, have, have uh, done well for themselves, who have just gone to the Super Bowl. You just kind of get a little timid a little bit and hang around the guys. Lope was one of those guys, a teammate for me, that he would hang, let us hang out with him, uh, and, and not just in the locker room, but off the field. He would come into the house and watch football games, Thursday night games and, and Monday night games with Lofa. Uh, so I've always appreciated that, where a defensive guy taking in us, us young rookies and letting us know that, hey, even though I'm a pro bowler, even though I made it to the Super Bowl uh, as a rookie and did all these great things, hey, I just want to hang out and kick it with you. And so that was, squad, that's what made Lofa so much special as a teammate. Yeah, he, he was – he's still Lofa today. The same guy you see now, the same guy he was, even with all the accolades and the pro bowl, pro bowls on, under his belt. Well, and as a fan, let me just zone in on you guys real quick and that team because uh, you guys know that, that those Seahawks teams are the reason that these Seahawks teams are so popular. And your guys' chemistry and the, the fun that you played with and the fun that we all thought you were having off the field, which I now kind of know you all were having, uh, is the reason <laughs> that those teams became so popular. And I mean, it's why there's Blue Friday and that's why these Seahawks are so well supported. So, you know, shout out to you guys and your teams. Um, ben, we like to ask people, uh, especially former players, Players, of course like did you have a favorite play when you were playing what's the one play that sticks out in your mind favorite play I was always uh the smash route the concept so it's a concept for me the smash concept uh playing in the slot uh and it's kind of a, a win-win if you get the right coverage you can actually do do pretty well but, and if we if it wasn't the, the smash route it just was the clear out post low for the inside guy running mm. the run the corner route I mean the, the outside yep. guy runs a post uh, so we call it scissors. Sometimes. Scissors, yeah. Yep. So I usually like that just because you line me up in the slot, you put another speed guy on the outside. Most times you're in a slot, either you're uh, matched up against a safety if it's a, of a blitz, and, and that should be an easy win. A safety can't really cover that much space. If you get a, a nickel cornerback, same thing. They may not necessarily be, um, you know, the, the star studded lockdown corner on the outside, but it gives you a route for me running straight, running hard, utilizing my speed, opening up my stride, being able to stick to the post, and then go to the corner, and as you see with Lockett and Russell Wilson now, when a quarterback can just throw the ball up toward the sideline, you know where the ball is going to go, 25 yards, 20 to 25 yards down the field, on the sideline. It's just, a, you know, for me, I was always one of those guys that liked that route because I can use, utilize my speed, get a good stick, and then I can look up for the ball. It wasn't a go hard track it, right? It wasn't I'm like a velocity. You. It wasn't a window or anything. No, the ball's going to be that way, 20, 25 yards down the field, and yeah. it's going to be a foot race. And I'm telling you, Ben, I, I'm Ooh, not making look at that. Right, I look at that catch right there. We're looking at pictures. Ben, I'm not I'm not kidding you when I tell you that I played a lot of Madden back in the day, and there was a play action scissors that I used to run all the time, and you were catching balls all over the field, even uh -huh. digitally. I'm, I'm not even making that up. I remember that play specifically. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the exact play that you guys ran, but it was the Madden. No, it was. It was what? the exact same play. And it was called yeah. Yeah, yeah, play PA scissors. I remember. I used to just run that play, then flip it to the other side of the field, run it again. <laughs> <laughs> Run into the other big side of the field. But, I mean, that was the beauty of our offense and, and, and the guys that, you know, like Ben and, and Hass and the true West Coast where I'm talking, you got to be at a spot and you better be there on time. And the ball is being released well before Ben ever turns his head. And it's going to be where he expects it. That's It's like it's poetry in motion, man. Poetry. It is some of the most beautiful you know, football. Well, that's, that's the stuff that we want with this Seahawks team, right? Like throw yeah. it early. Throw well, that, it early, the, there's it a lot of trust. There's yeah. a lot of trust that goes into that. And, you know, it's – you can't – if you're waiting for, a, you know, a receiver to turn around and, you know, lock eyes before you, you know, rip it, I don't care how strong your arm is, it's too late. That's how late. fast the DBs, you know, and even some of the linebackers now are in this game. But back then, it was 10-yard out. You know, that ball is thrown. When he puts his foot in that ground, it's already on its way, halfway there. And it's going to be right at your chest 
And I mean, so like to, it was frustrating to go against, but it was amazing to watch on Sundays. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens this Sunday. The last thing we have to do before we get out of here is make our predictions. We do this every week and you guys can make your predictions on our Instagram in the comments section. Intern Brian, shout out intern Brian. Uh, we'll be putting the graphic up this Sunday. So look for it. It's a matchup graphic. Uh, it'll be obviously the Seahawks and the Packers logos on there. And you guys put your predictions in our comments. And if anyone nails it perfectly, right on the money, we will buy you an official Seahawk jersey. Or, well, yeah, Seahawk jersey. I was going to say or Packers jersey, but no. The hell with that. Yeah, a not Seahawk a Packers jersey. jersey. Uh, if you nail it right on. So, guys, uh, let's get to it. Predictions for this game. I'm going to go Hawks, obviously. Uh, 28-27. <laughs> it, I mean, you know, it, 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 if it's a, uh, it's gonna come down to the last possession. I feel like it's gonna go to number three right there. He's gonna get it done. Okay, okay. Uh, ben, we'll save yours for for last year. Uh, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna. I don't. I have no reason for this at all. I just hope that we win. And I, I don't know if it's gonna be high scoring, low scoring. The quarterbacks haven't even practiced. It's like crazy. I just, I'm just gonna say Seahawks 19, Green Bay 13. A good old fashioned ugly Green Bay Seattle game in Green Bay with penalties and probably just like all kinds of insanity all over the place. Well, if it's the same ref from last night, then yeah. Oh. Be. <laughs> 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 we, this episode without me going off oh, on Tony Karendi. <laughs> nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite my tongue. And predictions for the game? Hey, I got a Seahawks too, man. I got a 31-28. I, I got to come okay. down dramatic fashion. Russell takes takes the team down a game-winning drive, game-winning field goal. I do say this though. We're gonna leave Russell, we're gonna leave Aaron Rodgers some time on the clock, but he's just gonna come up short, man. That's how we're gonna get the win. Oh, I love that. Yeah, a little a little cherry and whipped cream on top of that prediction. Some extra extra stuff. I love it. Guys, thank you so much. That's a wrap uh, on the Seahawks podcast this week, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, it's seahawkspod at gmail.com. We read them all. Thank you for sending them. Also, check us out on all social media at Believe in Seahawks. Um, Lofa, break us down, please. Oh, so many choices. So we break it down. We're going to go with wide receivers are not divas on three. In honor of my dog here. And all He's the open. guys, everybody I play with, Nate B, Poosh, some of the biggest savages, Dion, Lil Dirty, Dion Branch, some of the biggest, Bobby Ingram, Joey J, Joker, biggest savages I've ever met. So... Yeah, you know what? We're just going to go savage on three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. I don't even want the word diva associated with my guy. <laughs> savage on three. One, two, three. Savage. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.